Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with uh, our speakers for our upcoming conference in September, PeaceWorks Live. But before we jump into that content, I do want to talk to you about PeaceWorks Live. Uh, if you are not aware, uh, we are opening up the doors to PeaceWorks Live. We've done this event for the past several years, but we've always kept it uh, closed door to uh, an invite only. And now we're inviting everyone. If you have been benefiting from the PeaceWorks podcast, then you're going to want to be part of PeaceWorks Live. It's an excellent event taking place September 7th and 8th in Charleston, West Virginia at Bible Center Church. It's only 10 minutes from the airport and uh, an hour's drive from multiple sites if you have not visited the wonderful state of West Virginia. Uh, We'd love for you to be there in person if at all possible, but there is a live stream option. You can learn more about PeaceWorks Live and the speakers we're going to be talking to today at chrismoles.org. All right, everybody. Uh, today's episode is about PeaceWorks Live, and uh, I introduced that in a bonus episode recently, so some of you are just now becoming familiar with it. Uh, but this event over the years has grown from an invite only to 50 attenders to 100, 100 attendees uh, to now wide open doors uh, because this year's topic is focusing on leaders. And I have a couple of my friends who have fulfilled many of those roles in the past, uh, Greg Wilson and Ben Marshall, uh, biblical counselors, uh, former pastors in variety of roles, and they're going to help us unpack uh, this topic of what every pastor, every leader uh, needs to know about domestic abuse. So welcome, guys, to the PeaceWorks podcast. Uh, I'll uh, bring you in one by one here in a minute. Uh, Greg, I want to start with you. You're uh, the veteran to PeaceWorks Live. You've been a part of, uh, this will be your third PeaceWorks Live. What yeah. makes this event, in your opinion, a must attend? Because I know you love it. I tell people all the time, we're going to have to have PeaceWorks Live in perpetuity so Greg Wilson can visit West Virginia every year. <laughs> what is it that makes this a must attend conference? Well, yeah, I love coming to West Virginia for sure. Um, and uh, who wouldn't? So if you haven't been to West Virginia, um, I know Chris loves um showing off his uh, state to people who uh, haven't been there before. And I was one of those people who hadn't really been there. I've been there once, I think, to wheeling for something uh, years and years ago. Um, And uh, so, so, but, but Chris is a great host and obviously it's great from that perspective, from a training perspective, what's good is that um, I think, for one thing, the the differences, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, but the different perspectives that uh, that we bring um, to the topic can be really helpful. Um, um, so, and we've done different ways of, we've done it in different forms, as Chris mentioned in the past, but uh, Chris is always great at bringing in different voices. And so I'm um, a counselor who would consider myself a biblical counselor, but I'm I'm a licensed uh, counselor as well. Um, and so I bring, uh, counseling experience, uh, in the, in the professional counseling room, uh, to the table, whereas, um, as well as an experience, uh, of being a pastor in the past. And then Chris 
um, and then bring the pastoral uh, experience as well as uh, just different aspects of of looking at different lenses from uh, viewing the issue. Um, And so I think that that's important. And also, and we've talked about this, just the pace of the conference um, with, uh, we, we, we have made it intentionally um, uh, a place where there is space to breathe and talk and have conversations. And so a lot of times you go to a conversation to a uh, conference and it's just a lot of um, uh, people talking at you um, and not with you. And in, I think at PeaceWorks Live, there are a lot of conversations that happen uh, both between the participants and between the participants and um, us, those of us who are leading in the conference um, that can be really, really helpful. So just the space to breathe, which is bringing back to my first point coming full circle. I mean, that I think that that's a little bit of the West Virginia culture, right? Sure. Chris is yeah. that like, you know, like coming into um, the, uh, um, uh, just the the culture and the setting of um, West Virginia will help with that kind of slower pace and good good conversations, good rich conversations about the topic. Yeah, so that is a. I'm glad you you noted that. And for those of you who um, may think we're a bit over the top, I will say that you know Appalachian culture is very, I wouldn't say very slow, but it is much slower in some regards. And it's geared towards storytelling. So you, you do need to take some time if you're visiting around town to get to know some people, interact with some folks. You're probably going to hear some good stories. Uh, I love that you brought up the diversity of the group too, uh, Greg, because one of our goals in PeaceWorks Live is to offer training that affects every member of a shepherding team. And so if you're familiar with our process at PeaceWorks and many of the folks who follow that same those same principles, we like to build teams, care teams or shepherding teams that walk along with individuals who've committed acts of abuse. And in the past, we've trained group facilitators for, for intervention with men. We've uh, brought in some friends to help train trauma-informed counseling. And this year, we do want to focus on the church because we believe pastors, shepherds, uh, and biblical counselors need to be part of those teams as well, bringing theologically rich material and insight as well as church governance to the picture. And with that in mind, we're thankful to have Ben Marshall with us. Ben has served as a pastor for many years and as a biblical counselor. And what brings uh, Ben to us is his devotion to help train his church, uh, his former church, in small group ministry around the concepts of domestic abuse and how well he shepherded his folks. So, uh, Ben, first of all, welcome to PeaceWorks Live. And then, two, uh, talk to us a little bit about why pastors, leaders, and counselors are important uh, to this work of domestic abuse intervention. Yeah. First off, thanks for inviting me. Uh, this is great. I'm hoping when I get up to West Virginia, there will be more bearded folk like me, uh, and uh, as opposed to the the clean cuts, clean shaven. I think between the, the three of us, we will have all stages yes. of the male face covered. <laughs> uh, there's the clean shaven, the uh, nice nice shaven. Greg, you you represent that, and then the just let it go. Uh, ben has an on, epic beard on my face. He has just an epic. <laughs> Um, classic reformed beard. <laughs> there you go. And I, I, I love every aspect of that description. Yeah. So, you know, what, what I'm, I'm, whenever I go to a conference, whether I'm an attender or whether I'm a speaker, uh, my heart is always for those 
who uh, they've been beat up. They are feeling isolated and alone. And um, if there is one area of counseling where I have been beat up pretty good, even though I got a good looking beard and a shaved head and it looked like I should be riding a motorcycle, it's in this area um, of domestic violence, domestic abuse. And, you know, it, it, I can always bank. I don't know if it'll be month three or four or five, but when I hop in and I get involved, the anger that was aimed at the wife and the destruction that was aimed at her heads my way. Um, and uh, so I just put my big boy pants on and I say, here, here we go. But what I, what I was blessed with out in Seattle was a team of about 17 pastors and 11 lay elders who came around me and supported me and protected me. And so I'm, I'm mindful that at conference in September, there's going to be guys who don't have that. Um, and so I'm I'm hoping that they get ministered to, they get equipped, they get encouraged, um, and they, they hear, keep going. The work that you're doing is the work of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so be that the hands and the feet. And if I can be in your corner uh, and cheering you on, I, I want to be doing that. Um, so that, that's really my heartbeat. And yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to bring a pastoral view in like th this is how we got things up and going this was the the theology that undergirded why we did what we did and um and it'll be spoken of in slightly past tense i've been in a new role down here in greenville for about eight months um but it'll be very fresh from my perspective and and so yeah that's what i'm hoping to bring yeah well we're excited uh I, when we were talking about this particular track and ben's name came up it it seemed like a natural fit because of the work that you had done previously. And I think you guys, if you're thinking of attending PeaceWorks Live, you're going to benefit from the experience. And back to Greg's comment on about diversity for just a second. You know, I, I worked for nearly 20 years in intervention, still do to a degree. I'm much more in the training and equipping aspect now, but have worked with thousands of guys um, on this particular topic. Uh, ben just cited, you know, creating an entire policy and direction and referral source and uh, theological undergirding for a church culture in this particular area. And Greg has been working in the counseling realm and the therapeutic realm and the clinical realm uh, for many years, addressing this topic uh, individually with both victims and with perpetrators, uh, and also helped his church start Men of Peace groups, uh, which are functioning to offer accountability. So a lot of different insight and experience coming your way at this conference, which is why we built, I think, our first day around these topics. And I want to throw this out to you guys. Uh, we won't give too many spoilers today, but our first day is going to be covering, I, I think, uh, a wealth of information that's, that's structured like this. What every pastor needs to know, what every pastor already knows, and what every pastor does not know. And we're going to be talking about that in the context of abuse. And so I'll be covering what every pastor needs to know, which is the idea of understanding the dynamics and impact. Uh, but I want to throw it to you guys in particular, uh, Greg, we'll start with you. What every pastor does not know. Uh, what are we going to be talking about or in, in general in that session that would be helpful to our listeners? So there are a lot of aspects of domestic abuse care that if you um, don't have experience on the topic, um, you will you'll make some very costly mistakes. Ben alluded to that. Um, um, I know he would say that that's happened in his church. 
I would say that that's happened <clears throat> in my church that I go to. Um, and so, um, for one thing, understanding the idea of trauma, I think if you don't get, um, if you don't under- really understand the idea of what I would call uh, psychological trauma, trauma that's not uh, an external wound, but that's an internal wound. Um, if you don't understand that concept, you'll miss so much about domestic abuse, not just in terms of working with um, victims, but also in terms of working with perpetrators, because many of them have these same kinds of wounds from whether it's from abandonment or prior abuse or whatever. Um, so like understanding that, and like how to respond to someone um, who is going through the very real effects of trauma, um, I think makes um, makes a big difference. Um Understanding the idea of safety. So we'll talk a little bit about that, about how to provide um, a safe place. Understanding one of the things that, and and I I won't give too many spoilers, but I will say this because I think this is important. Um, Every time I teach on this topic to pastors, um, I, I will get one or two at least, if not more, who will come up to me afterwards when, when I have talked about the idea that, um, uh, the people in your church see you as a um, as a person that has power and authority um, over them, and I think most humble pastors would say, while there might while there is a biblical authority that goes with the role, none of us are disputing that. That I don't I don't want to come across as a powerful person or a person in authority. I want to come across as a kind and a. a person, a listener, and a humble person, and good for them that they feel that way. I mean, those are the kind of pastors that we want to have in the pulpit, right? But um, understanding that when a person has been hurt by a a man in particular in power, um, that then when they come and they sit in a room with other people um, who are um, considered to be powerful men, that that might elicit a reaction from them that that is not going to be helpful in that context. That's why you want to have different kinds of people in that room. So hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler, yeah. but like those are the kinds of things that I think there'll be more obviously. Um, and we'll go into, into detail on some of those things, but there are just things that like in the average experience of a, of a pastor humbly trying to shepherd the sheep, uh, trying to love brothers and sisters um, in in all the ways that Christ uh, has loved us, um, that if if they lack certain areas of knowledge, they just may not do that well. Yeah, so there's a lot of wisdom and growth that could benefit your pastor. Uh, if you are a pastor, it could benefit you hearing just some of these ideas regarding safety and those gaps, those gaps in our knowledge uh, and our practice. Uh, but Ben's going to be talking in that first uh, session as well, that that afternoon session, about what pastors already know. Because we have a rich, like we have a treasure chest, a wealth of information that if practically used correctly, could aid victims tremendously. So Ben, without giving too many spoilers, buddy, what are some <laughs> things that that we might be hearing in that session, what every pastor already knows? Yeah, and, and Chris, I think you you just nailed it right there. Just from from a, a high level, the 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 theology that almost every pastor comes to the pastorate with is sufficient. 
the the question is pushing pushing it kind of over the top. And so, what does it look like then to apply that and to apply that with confidence, yeah. not not just in a like a oh it could be this kind of like you know. A, I don't know if the right word is wimpy or if the right word is, uh, you know, uh, something less than than confident. But I I think in the biblical counseling world overall, uh, having been involved since 2000, uh, there have been these evolutions where a, a theme pops onto the scene. And then a whole lot of work goes into what what does the sufficient word of God have to say about that particular issue and not just say about it, but how do we respond in Christ likeness to those issues? And, and so I see this as another one of those areas. That's what that's what happened to me. Um, and there uh, it's not there's not going to be a whole lot of anecdotal stories in this particular session, but there will be some as far as how did. The, the church I came from, Canyon Hills, how did this pop onto the scene? And then what was the theological route that you all took to not just identify it? Because there were there were women that we were identifying as being abused, and then there were the husbands they were married to. But what I want to be able to bring to the table is, so how did you get your other pastors and lay elders on board? So that way you could effectively minister to both the abused and the abuser. Um, and it, I wish I could say my stats were way different than yours, Chris. Um, they're not. <laughs> um, but at least we we can I, I, well, I, I'll say this just pr- probably best if I say it on my own. I could lay my head on the pillow at night and sleep well yep. when um, things were kind of rocky. Yep. and I can go, you know what God, I have I've done X, y, and Z because your word says ABC yep. and I could go to sleep and wake up the next day and do it all over again. So, yeah. So that's kind of high level without uh, spoiling anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To me, the the most healthy response for those of us as pastors who've been entrusted with um, theology and scripture and leadership is to handle cases in such a way that that God is glorified, Christ is honored, and that people are safe, Right. And one of the ways we do that is by asking good questions of our theology and uh, confronting theological concepts that have been warped, concepts like God's sovereignty or the image of God uh, as it's displayed in humanity or love or marriage or other theological uh, priorities that we have that have been distorted, corrupted, or twisted uh, in the name of control and power. And uh, I'm really looking forward to unpacking that a little bit more. You know, as the the days go on, I do have a uh, a question I want to ask you in a second. But um, for those of you who are listening in, uh, if you are interested in being part of PeaceWorks Live, again, it's September 7th and 8th. It's in Charleston, West Virginia at Bible Center Church. It's only a 10-minute drive or less from the airport. Uh, you can attend in person, which is our preference. Please come to West Virginia. Please be part of our community. We're also five to 10 minutes from downtown Charleston. You can go hang out on Capitol Street. You can go view the Capitol. You can go, you know, relax by the river for a little bit if you want to. Uh, There's plenty of things to do right there in the Charleston area. Uh, You can learn more about how to attend in person or live stream at chrismoles.org. You know, on Friday, we're going to be unpacking a lot of material uh, just to give you guys, uh, you who are listening, a little bit of a tease, uh, we're going to be talking about God's character, the sufficiency of the scriptures as applied to this work, 
the Great Commission and how this is a Great Commission and a Great Commandment work. We're going to be talking about shepherding priorities, uh, speaking like Jesus, caring like Jesus, confronting like Jesus, and these are all things that you're going to learn and hear and discuss uh, if you're part of PeaceWorks Live. Now, gentlemen, you know, if you are familiar with the PeaceWorks podcast, as do the listeners, most of the time I just answer questions. That's typically what I do on this podcast. And I have a question for you all, uh, one that I'm happy to discuss as well, but I thought it would be helpful to throw this out. This is a question we've received about the conference uh, in light of just some concerns regarding biblical counseling and our effectiveness in this work. And so here's the question. I've lost confidence in biblical counseling when it comes to domestic abuse work. Does BC or biblical counseling have anything beneficial to say about domestic abuse intervention? What do you guys think? I think the short answer is yes, it does. <laughs> thank you for listening to the PeaceWorks podcast. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Aren't you glad you tuned in? Uh, I, um. I, I I think uh, with and, and I totally get I, I think I know where that question is coming from, um, and I I would want the focus on does the Bible have anything sufficient to say or of relevance and the answer is yes as opposed to the biblical counseling movement which you you could look at ccef you could take a look at acbc ibcd iabc like uh, abc like there's a whole bunch of different groups on that spectrum and then lodged within each one of those groups are individual counselors groups can fail counselors can fail the word of god never fails and so what i would hope somebody would hear at peaceworks live when, when they show up is not a failure to recognize abuse, not a failure to respond, not the failure of Scripture, but where where has biblical counseling succeeded? And, and not only in faithfulness to Scripture and God's Word, but in, Chris, as you said, keeping people safe, um, of even freeing abusers. Yeah. From the the mentality, I mean, it, it might be a small percentage, but man, when the light bulb goes on and somebody surrenders to God, both his spirit and his word, that really is amazing. And to, be, to have a front row seat in that, even, even if I've got a bloody nose and a black eye, for, you know, and I'm saying that uh, not, that hasn't happened yet uh, physically, um, both that, that'd be more uh, non-physical beat up, but I, it is such an amazing thing to watch. And I would say this, what dry, what has driven me the majority of the time is to watch abused women come out from underneath that. And you, you don't just see an inward transformation. I see an outward transformation, like just the countenance uh, and, you know, autoimmune diseases yep. seemingly go away almost yep. overnight. And it's amazing what really happens. And um, and so, you know, I, I would just say for the person who sent that that question, I totally get it. Um, I think you, you go back 10, 15, 20 years and. Um, there's a whole nother set of questions right. that you could ask about any number of counseling issues. And we, we seem to get it, get it right. Yeah. And then we, we, we build on that. We, we build on that. And I don't know if this is true or not, but you know, when, when we are faithful with this little bit, God gives us a little bit more to be faithful with all the more, all the more, all the more. And I think this is one that we're starting to get right. Yeah. So 
that those would be my my thoughts. Man, fantastic. And, and Chris, let me uh, let me answer that from a slightly different perspective, sure. um, uh, which is my perspective as a <clears throat> pastor, former pastor who um, um, has been for the last twenty or so years <clears throat> a, a clinician. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and, um, I would, I would say that there are plenty of people, uh, even here in my area of the Dallas, Fort Worth, uh, Texas, uh, area who are, um, clinically trained master's degrees, PhDs, um, licensed professionals, um, who also don't get domestic abuse. Well, mm -hmm. right. So I don't, I think that this, this topic is, um, runs across tribes. I mean, even even the uh, the listener's question kind of cuts across tribes. And I mean, if, if I worked, and I also resonate with her question very much so because I have I have sat with a number of people who have received really really bad counsel from pastors, from um, biblical counselors trained through um, some of the the biblical counseling um uh groups that are out there and from licensed clinicians so i have sat with people who have uh received bad counsel from all of those groups um and i have sat with people i've had the good fortune uh, and the blessing to be able to sit with people who have received good counsel from all of those groups uh people representing all of those groups so at the end of the day for me the question is uh, is are the people who are offering you this counsel and are the people who are giving this training, are they experienced in the dynamics of domestic abuse? Do they have training in the dynamics of domestic abuse specifically? If they do, then that's a counselor I think you can trust. That is a training I think you should go to. Um, if they don't, um, have that kind of experience and training, then sister, brother, you should run from <laughs> yeah. that kind of counsel. If they don't have good training, and that's a question that people should ask when they are sitting with someone, whether or not the person is a biblical counselor with a license or not, or a pastor is like, how much training do you have in this dynamic, in this area? What books have you read? Um, who have you listened to? And if you don't trust the answers to those questions, I wouldn't go any further. Uh, but if you do trust the answers to those questions, then I think uh, I think you can you can receive good good training. And there are pastors, and there are biblical counselors without licenses, and there are licensed counselors um, who get it and who have a great deal of experience uh, and training to offer. Um, and there are a lot of people who don't get it that don't. Yeah, wonderful. I, I think too. You know, having worked in criminal corrections for as long as I did, um, the same is true for law enforcement, and prosecuting attorneys, mm -hmm. and judges. Yeah. Um, That's right. You, there's no guarantee that anyone you seek help from uh, is going to understand, um, or or have listened to the training. I mean, that's and that's another part. You know, law enforcement are trained, but. Oftentimes their training is happening towards the end of their time at the police academy and they're sleep deprived and they're tired and they're asked to remember a lot of things. So or they may just have a bias that, may. you know, that this, this isn't yeah. going to be helpful. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's wonderful advice. And also piggybacking on, on Ben's comment a second ago, 
I think God is so faithful. I know he's faithful. He's so faithful to give us little victories that are that are unanticipated, right? I think when I first got into this work, I thought, well, we're going to see transform lives every day, and we're going to see this radical <laughs> movement of transformation, and then you just trudge along in the weight of pain and hurt, and then God gives you a little glimpse. You know, don't get discouraged. Don't don't lose yes. faith because I'm present. And I think Greg was actually present for one of those. I don't know if he remembers. We were teaching at a conference a few years ago, and a uh, a survivor a survivor uh, came in uh, to our training just to say hello, and I had not seen her in years, and I uh, didn't recognize her, and I was undone. I don't know if Greg remembers, but I was undone. Oh yeah, I do. I had just I had to sit down and cry, and I was just lost as to what to say because God had done such a miraculous work in restoring this person who had just been broken and beaten and harmed. Um, and he had restored her and just restored, not only to well, your point, Ben, her soul, but like had restored her physically and yeah. emotionally and mentally and, and her capacities were back and strong and, and just resolved. And I think those are the type of things that I rejoice in when I, when I see the end result of a good work, whether the outcome is yeah. exactly what I wanted. Um, it's what God yeah. had in store. Yeah. And, and, and what I'm about ready to say, Chris, you, you might want to edit this out if it doesn't fit what we're talking about. <laughs> but I I would also say, you know, I'm I just this is me as Ben Marshall. And if anybody, you know, does a, a bio on who he is, he's he's a fellow with ACBC. And um, I, I'm, I'm not bringing a an organization to the table. Right. Um, I, I, I have my reasons for being involved with ACBC. I love ACBC. I love training people and, and counseling, um, but I'm, I'm not bringing a, an, an organization's agenda to this conference. As a matter of fact, I've, I've been questioned on the other side, right? So there's people saying, uh, should I come to this conference because Ben Marshall is going to be there? And, and I've had people on the other side going, Ben Marshall, what are you doing speaking at that conference? Right. So, I mean, it, you know, you kind of getting it on both sides just a little bit. And, and I think what that's reflective of for me is I'm, I'm not I'm not bringing an agenda here. Right. What I'm doing is I'm bringing scripture and, and, and my experience and just saying, here it is. And, and as I'm writing, as I'm thinking, as I'm praying, I've got faces of women yeah. and, and I wish I could say faces of men. I don't. I just have faces of women who have been able to come out from underneath extreme abuse. Yeah. Uh, and I am I am more than th thankful for those situations. And I'm more than happy to even if it's just one person yeah. who gets to help one woman. Hey, I'll do it. Yeah. I will drive from Greenville to West Virginia all day long to make that happen yeah. um, as much as possible. So in, anyway, just throwing that out there, too. I think we'll take it. Yeah, and Ben, I, I appreciate I appreciate that perspective, and um, I would echo the same uh, sentiment, which is, you know, I I will um, hear that there's been feedback of, you know, why are you a licensed therapist showing up with these guys, and you know, why are they showing up with you, you know, and like at the end of the day, I think that that as I as I mentioned earlier. I think that the diversity of experience yeah. and the diversity of perspectives that we bring is a strength to this conference. Mm -hmm. I, have been, I have been teaching in different ways and interacting in different ways with both you guys for a long time. And, you know, I, 
appreciate the fact that we are first and foremost uh, brothers, that we uh, see uh, things so remarkably similar, similarly, even though we come from uh, different backgrounds. And I celebrate that, you know, this, we are about, as the name suggests, we are about peace. Um, And so we are, um, we are um, more interested in um, how the, the three of us and not just the three of us, but, but even the, the groups behind us uh, that we represent can interact on this topic and learn from each other in peace um, and bring peace to uh, to homes where there is not peace, where there's chaos. Uh, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, I really think that that's an idea that the Bible gets behind quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think, I think it's a valid question. It's a great question. And I hope that what anyone who comes, either if they come uh, live, which would be my recommendation as well for all those reasons that I mentioned as far as the side conversations and all that. But even if you're, even if you need to join, um, you know, uh, online, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you're able to do that and that that option is provided for you. But I, I think that what everyone who joins will find is that, that there are a diversity of perspectives all dwelling together in peace. And I hope that that's an example for how we yeah. want homes to uh, function as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so we are unified in the bond of peace and uh, we want to see those outcomes for the people that we serve. Uh, fantastic interview guys. Um, I'm glad we did this and I'm glad you listener got a chance to at least get a taste of the type of conversations that you're going to hear and be a part of at PeaceWorks Live. And so be sure to head over to chrismoles.org. Just scroll down. You'll see our beautiful faces and Ben's epic beard. Uh, <laughs> and you can learn more about how to register uh, for PeaceWorks Live September 7th and 8th in beautiful Charleston, West Virginia, Bible Center Church. Uh, and we would love to have you guys there, especially if you can be there live. Ben, Greg, thank you so much for being part of the PeaceWorks podcast. Happy to be it. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thanks for having us. And thank you guys for listening in. Until next time, God bless.